Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Dan Lobby. And this is Mary Kay Cabot. And this is the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, post-game edition. The Browns 26-20 winners over the Carolina Panthers. We are, of course, sponsored by Sibling Revelry Brewing, and we are a little over a week away from our event at Sibling Revelry Brewing, Monday the 17th, two days after the Broncos game, uh, at their tap room in Westlake. So check out uh, all the event details uh, for that over at cleveland.com slash browns and in any posts that you find this in. Um, and you can RSVP to that. should be fun. Uh, it should be a good event, and who knows what we'll be talking about then, depending on what happens in yeah, Denver wow. uh, next Saturday night. Yeah. And, and that, that's a late game, so that could end up actually being our post-game podcast. You can oh. get to hear that live. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, definitely come <laughs> and bring your friends, and we'll have a really good time. All right, 26-20, the Browns winners uh, today at First Energy Stadium. They are 4-2-1 and one at home. That is significant because mm-hmm. it clinches a winning record at home for the first time since 2007, and actually just their second winning record here in this stadium ever. Um, so like, I think that's a big deal, that these fans are getting to see some wins in this stadium. Baker Mayfield said he wants to see some more fans in that finale against Cincinnati. And let's start there with Baker Mayfield, Mary Kay. He comes out 6-for-6, six 8-for-10 six, in the first half. Was accurate. Threw an absolute bomb to Brashad Perryman. Uh, we're seeing the development of Baker Mayfield and it's going very, very quickly. It really is. And you know what, Dan? I'm probably going to be writing a column about this in the next day or two. If they had done the right thing and started Baker Mayfield from the beginning of this season, recognizing what they had in training camp and recognizing that having played so much college football that he was ready for this opportunity and that he was a better option uh, to run this offense than, uh, than Tyrod Taylor was, you know, then they would be legitimately in the playoff hunt right now. And I think that's just really unfortunate because, you know, they just got out to a false start. And uh, not only that, they let the um, they let the rift between Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson also go on too long. I mean, look what Freddie is doing with this offense that Todd Haley could not and would not do. And I just, I just think it's infor- unfortunate that, you know, these fans right now they should be gearing up and getting excited for a real legitimate playoff run. This team would have at least two more victories right now. They would have seven victories tied with 
the Ravens, I think, and the Steelers at least two more victories right now if they hadn't messed up the first part of the season. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's really a, a case of what could have been when you look back at those games. You look at the, I mean, even that spot against Oakland. It really yeah. is the little things in this league. Yeah. Uh, that replay review against Oakland. Yeah. How much has that changed this season? Because now you'd be sitting at six wins even with just that. Yeah. Um, it, it's pretty incredible to think about. But how about this from Mayfield? 18 of 22 today, 238, a touchdown, finally got sacked. Uh, it's the first time in, what, a month that he's actually yeah, been Yeah, November sacked. 4th, yep. So 18 of 22, but I believe there were three drops. Yes. In that. There was one by Rashard Higgins. Right. There was a tough one by David Njoku, but it was still a catch that he needed to make. Right. And there was one other drop. I'm forgetting who it was. Nick Chubb. It Nick went off Chubb, his face yes, mask. Nick Chubb had a drop. So really, you're looking at four incompletions, and three of them were good balls that should have been caught. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I think what you're seeing here right now, what the fans are seeing, is the makings, the beginnings of a really, really good and successful young quarterback. And the big takeaway, even though, again, it's unfortunate uh, that this season got messed up by some dysfunction uh, that was going on in the beginning of the year, uh, they... The future is so bright with Baker Mayfield. I mean, to watch him out there playing today, and there, there, there are some talented defenders on this team. Now, they lost five straight, and they are in a downward spiral in part because Cam Newton's right throwing shoulder is bothering him a lot. But still, you've got Luke Keekley on that defense. You've got some good players on that defense. And these guys just went out, and Baker Mayfield in particular really – took it to them from that first play on when he threw the 66-yard bomb to Brashard Perriman. He is demonstrating incredible arm strength, great vision, good decision-making, leadership skills where he gets everybody lined up where they need to be, encourages guys on the sideline. You guys, you Browns fans, should be really excited about the fact that you have a franchise quarterback and the the. The going is going to get good very quickly, I think, as early as next season in terms of playoff contention. Yeah, I, there are actually two separate def- defensive players, by the way, that I talked to today. One of them was Chris Smith. The other one, I believe, was Larry Ogunjobi. Uh, I know Larry Ogunjobi said it, but uh, there were two defensive players that, that told me today um, they looked up at the scoreboard and the th- going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. And they saw Baker Mayfield pumping up the crowd. They're right. losing 20-17, to 17, and they see on the video boards Baker Mayfield is pumping up the crowd – and, and they were they really loved that. They loved seeing that from yeah. him. I mean, it's little things like that. You're seeing guys on the other side of the football really kind of embrace um, what Baker has done, and it just it gives the whole team confidence. And and this is real. This isn't guys yeah. trying to talk themselves into one of the many quarterbacks that have come through or through here over the years. The the things these guys are saying is real. Yeah, that's real. And the things the opponents have been saying about Baker yeah. Mayfield, that's real as well too. Even in a loss last week against the Texans, those guys came away uh, saying how special Baker Mayfield is going to be, going to be the way that he fits it into tight windows and the arm strength that he has, not just the zip on the ball. I think people are seeing that he has good, long, he's got the long ball. He has the <laughs> that long ball. Perryman was a bomb. It was. There was 60 yards in the air on that ball. And, uh, you know, there's more where that came from. I mean, it, it was cold out today. And, you know, these are the kinds of things that you need him to do in December on the lakefront. And, I, I, you know, I was very impressed with him today. There was one play. Did you see that one play or recall the one play where he, um, 
he faked the handoff. Yeah. He, he faked the throw and <laughs> handed off at the exact same time. Yeah. I mean, he, he's just a playmaker. <laughs> he's just got moxie. You know, he's got some Brett Favre tendencies. <laughs> Excuse me. And and it's just exciting to watch him. Yeah, and, and I think what we've seen the last two weeks that, that I think fans should love is he's not going to play it safe all the time. No, and, ever. You know, last uh, last week he threw the three interceptions. Um, the, even the ball to Callaway, the Callaway had to go up and fight for it. This is a guy that's not going to play it safe. He's going to look it down the field first. And he might work his way back to, you know, dump it off to Nick Chubb or, you know, throw a short pass to Jarvis Landry if that's the play design. But if he's got an opportunity to push the ball down the field, mm-hmm. he's going to do it. Especially, And he doesn't need much space. The ball to Landry, the touchdown pass to Landry over two defenders. That was about as perfect a ball you could throw in that situation. And, and Landry made the catch. Yeah, and I think when you look at the game today, what you what you see, <laughs> excuse me, I'm, I'm fighting off a little <laughs> bit of a cold, but what you see is that um, Antonio Callaway was only targeted one time in this game, and we talked about this. He struggled last week. Those first two interceptions that Baker Mayfield threw in Houston, he um, he kind of struggled a little bit on those. Antonio Callaway did. Freddie Kitchens talked about it, and Baker talked about it. Those, even though Greg Williams pinned that on, you know, blame, spread the blame around on those, I think there was this sense of that Antonio Callaway needed to be backed off just a little bit, that he, he wasn't ready to, to make some of the plays that need to be made right now at the critical, crucial times they need to be made. So, the, you know, Baker spread the ball around. He only completed 18 passes, really, when you think about it. And again, like you said, three of his four incompletions were drops. Um, but for the most part, uh, you know, he spread the ball around and he, he let other guys uh, kind of make some plays. And he de-emphasized Antonio Callaway in this game, I think, in part because of what happened last week. The other thing I liked about this game, this is partially Baker, partially the whole roster, is that third quarter was one of the worst third quarters of NFL football I've watched. Right. And Joel Batonio said after the game that he um, – him and J.C. Treader were sitting on the bench just thinking, this is the longest quarter we've ever been involved in. Um, but this team came out of that slog. And in the fourth quarter, you look at how the, the possessions ended for the Browns. Touchdown, field goal, and then the punt when they were backed up in their end zone, but they got a first down and were able to run some clock down under the two-minute warning before they punted the ball back. Uh, and then the game ended on a kneel down. For the Panthers, their three possessions ended in punt, goal line stand, and then the interception. So the Browns on the fourth quarter, when it really mattered, when the game was on the line, they were the team that was making plays. The, the Panthers were the team that were back on their heels a little bit and couldn't get it done. Uh, and, and that's, again, something we just haven't seen over the years with this football team. They were able to come out in the fourth quarter and get what they needed on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and think about that. It was a, it was a very good goal line stand by the defense. Uh, now also... Cam Newton is struggling with the right throwing shoulder, and you know you're not always going to be able to count on Cam Newton missing two throws into the end zone. Uh, so they got a little yeah. lucky there. They got they got a little bit lucky there uh, because those were kind of missed throws. I don't yeah. think necessarily those were great great defensive plays, but they did have some pressure. You know they did bring pressure on on that fourth down, uh, as Greg Williams said that they brought everybody there. So. Um, 
you know, great job by the defense to come up with the goal line stand and then for Demarius Randall to seal the victory with an interception with 57 seconds left. And they knew that Cam was going to come in here forcing the ball a little bit. Miles Garrett even mentioned that and said that. I put a headline on it the other day. They knew that he did it last week. He threw four picks last week. Cam Newton is struggling. Still, it was Baker Mayfield who came out in this game outplayed a fellow number one overall pick in Cam Newton. And I think you're going to be seeing more of these kinds of things from Baker Mayfield. Fourth quarter comebacks. You know, just never say die and and having the kind of game that he had today. Uh, also, we got to talk about Jarvis Landry. I, I liked them forcing the ball to him a little bit, but doing it in different ways. Yeah. It, it was something I've been thinking about this week, that uh, when Jarvis came here, he was a guy that in Miami obviously spent a ton of time in the slot, but they would line him up in the backfield. They would throw little shovel passes to him. They did a lot of different things to get him the football. And right. today you saw them hand the ball off to him twice, one for the 51-yard run, another for a touchdown. Uh, you saw them let him throw the ball. And then, of course, he had the deep pass, too. And I just think there have been times when this team has forced the ball to Landry, but it's always sort of been on little crossing routes and things like that to get him the ball in some different ways and force him the ball in some different ways. Um, I, I think that's a good thing moving forward. Well, yeah, you know what? You want to keep your star players and your best players on the football team engaged, happy, and making a big contribution in the football game. And there have been times where, you know, you can just see that Jarvis Landry starts to get frustrated. You don't want that. They need to win out, and you need to keep him into the game, happy. You want him coming to the podium after the game and talking. You want him getting excited about this. You want him, you know, you want him keeping his attention through the fourth quarter and making the kinds of plays that he makes. That that fifty-one yard catch was a really great catch, uh, and that's what you need from him. And Baker talked about that after the game too. How vitally important it is to keep Jarvis Landry fed, happy, interested in doing things, and you can't always target him 10, 10 times. That's not going to happen on this offense because you don't have somebody taking coverage over to your big, consistent X receiver. They don't have that guy right now. So they have to be very creative. You have to give Freddie Kitchens a lot of credit for the way he's running this offense, trying different creative things. The hook and ladder cannot be far behind, Dan. It's coming. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're going to see some crazy stuff over these next three weeks from, from Freddie Kitchens, who's calling plays. Like a guy that's been waiting to do this for a little while. Yeah. Finally has this chance, and he's going to leave it all out there. And, you know, it's fine. I mean, this looks like a modern-day offense all of a sudden. And, it, and they're not doing – this isn't a different playbook. No. You know, that's the thing. Anybody in that locker room will tell you this is not a different playbook. You can't change playbooks in the middle of the season. No. And Freddie Kitchens was hired by Todd Haley. He's running Todd Haley's offense, but he's doing it in just a more creative way. He's doing it in a better way, and he's doing it in a way that's allowing Baker Mayfield to be more successful. Well, Todd Haley was was, uh, using baby steps with with some of the young players. He's a guy that it seems to me that he favored veteran-type players and just really wasn't willing to... Uh, you know, to to rely heavily on the rookie guys, the Nick Chubb, the Baker Mayfields, and let them kind of do their thing. And, and Freddie is doing a phenomenal job of of trusting these guys and helping them do things that they can do well and showcasing their skills and also scheming it up so that Baker Mayfield is not getting sacked. I mean, he's doing a lot with him in terms of rolling him out and a lot of movement and things like that. And he's been sacked now one time in the last four games, and that's just phenomenal. There were three straight games where he had been sacked five times in each of those games, and that was back in you know the first part of the season. 
and that's not happening anymore, and that's helping tremendously. And if we look, Dan, we have to mention this, they can still win the AFC North. They can. We're going to go there. (laughs) By the way, Baker deserves some credit, too. Watching him in the pocket is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, When when you get a chance to see that in person, as we've gotten to do over and over and over again this season, his his ability in the pocket is is outstanding. But, all right, yeah, look, the AFC North is still in play. (laughs) The wild card is still in play. It's December. What is the date today? December 9th. So when's the last time that's been the case? 2014, I think. Right. Uh, well, I mean, we're probably coming up on the anniversary of Johnny Manziel's first start, that 30 to nothing disaster. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, look, crazy things can happen. Right now all they can do is just go to the next game. It's Saturday in Denver. Try to win that game. And, and you know, as guys have been saying, win out and just sort of see where things fall. You know, the chances are so very, very slim for them to end up in the playoffs. And, again, it's really sort of sad and disappointing considering that, They've won three of their last four games, and they look to me like they could be a playoff team right now. They're playing yeah. like a playoff team. And Baker's playing like a playoff quarterback in some cases. Again, forgetting about the three-interception half. But, um, you know, again, they'd have to win out. They would finish 8-7-1. and one. So many things have to happen. But as of right now, if – disaster befalls the Ravens and the Steelers and the Steelers have the the Patriots and the Saints still coming up although they also have the Bengals if the Browns and the Steelers both finished eight seven and one the Steelers would win by virtue of the tiebreaker for having beaten the Browns Um, but again to be able to just have this conversation on December 9th the Browns are in a much better place. I mean, they didn't win a game last year, so this is a pretty cool thing for Browns fans. Yeah, and I mean, you know what? They should enjoy this. They should talk about the playoffs. They should talk about winning the division. Right. You why, know, not? why not? Well, you've been through so much as Browns fans. Yeah. Have fun with it. And once it's finally over, it's over. But Absolutely. I think that what this tells you more than anything is going into next year, we should be sitting here on December 9th or whatever day that will be after a game talking about this team trying to finish off winning the AFC North or trying to lock up one of those wild card spots. That's what we should be talking about a year from now. And I think yeah. it's becoming clearer by the week uh, that that, that's, that should be the expectation for this football team. Yeah, and again, they are establishing something here at home, and that's so vitally important. And you know what? Good for Baker for saying, hey, you guys, come on out. I know it's cold out here, but come on out and support us. There's something going on here on the lakefront. So I have no problem with that whatsoever. There were plenty of empty seats here today. And again, I didn't have to sit outside in the 28-degree weather, 23 wind chill. But I don't have a problem with Baker saying there's something special going on here. And why don't you come on down here and give us all the support that we need. I I do think that last game. Uh, December 23rd against the Bengals. I think there will be a lot of people here, especially if they win Saturday against Denver. Oh, I think yeah. there'll be a lot of people here. There's going to be somebody on the other sideline that's very familiar to fans. Yep. Uh, so they're going to want to come out for that and see if there's any more fireworks left uh, between the, the Brown sideline and Hugh Jackson. Um, so, yeah, I think there could be a lot of fans here. And, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens Saturday in Denver. Yeah, but, again, it's exciting and uh, the, the future looks bright, even if the immediate future uh, will end without playoffs this year. 
uh, I think everyone can kind of see what's going on here with Baker Mayfield. All right, that'll do it for this Orange and Brown Talk podcast, post-game edition 2620 Browns winners. Thanks to Sibling Revelry Brewing for sponsoring us. Thanks to all of you for listening. For Mary Kay Cabot, I'm Dan Lockett.